Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Joined by Lee Ryder, our chief sports writer, who's made it back from Ellen Road. And we will talk briefly about that game later on in the show. But there's plenty to talk about this morning away from the pitch. And Lee, we're going to start with the news that the Premier League have agreed a new deal with BN Sports uh, to show the games in the Middle East. That deal now runs to 2025. Um, puts to bed, I guess, the minor chatter that there was that Saudi Arabia might come in and snap up the the the, the new TV rights deal. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting, and it comes off the back of you know in the summer when Bain Sports were making it very public that they didn't want this Saudi Arabia deal to go through, and you know on the on the back of that, we've now got this statement which was released um, from the Premier League to the media today, which includes Richard Masters' quotes saying how pleased he is with the deal. So it's one of them where you get the feeling that this was always in the pipeline. Um, they already had an existing deal. We wondered if Saudi Arabia would would, would have come round the table. Um, you know, there was a pledge from, from their end to, to say they would be, um, and had had there been some kind of uh, agreement between Saudi Arabia and the Premier League, then that kind of would have sent out a positive signal in terms of Newcastle's own takeover hopes. So th- this is a very, very complex situation and one where you would like to sit down with Richard Masters and just ask about the various relationships, the dynamics of it, help the supporters understand a little bit more of what is going on. And, you know, we've tried and tried to speak to Richard Masters. I know I have, I know you have, and some some other journalists also have, have, have had a go. But they say that, you know, they, they feel they've commented on the Newcastle situation and, and, and that's been put to one side. So we know there's an ongoing court situation going on. Uh, we'll have to wait and see, you know, how that pans out. But uh, yeah, it's it's one way I think supporters are, are commenting on it now. If you look at the the Chronicles tweets from when the story broke uh, around an hour ago, and um, yeah, we we see where we go from here. There's been plenty of reaction. You mentioned there the statement the Premier League, um, or rather Richard Masters, called BNN Sports a valued partner. BN themselves said, and this is the really interesting line, that this deal demonstrates that rights right holders who do the most to protect their intellectual property also do the most to protect uh, the value of their media rights, which of course, in my opinion, uh, links back to the World Trade Organization dispute between BN Sport and Saudi Arabia about piracy and of BN Sports games. It's an interesting um, little line in that statement, isn't it? Um, do you do you see that as a little bit of a dig at Saudi Arabia? Or, uh, you know, because I mean, them two are they're not the the best of friends, are they? Well, again, it's one of them where you would like to to have an opportunity to to speak with Richard Moss and say, yeah, what, what did you what did you mean by that? Can you expand on that a little bit and give give the supporters some understanding what what what's being said here and. Until they until they are more transparent and they want to communicate more, um, then 
we, we might never know what, what's going on um, with the takeover, but the reality is, is that a lot is going to come out in this this um, this legal battle that's going on behind the scenes, and it's one of them where there's no quick fix here. Newcastle United have got to get on with life the way the way it is at the minute, unless somebody else comes in with and um, you know blows the whole thing, you know, out of the water kind of kind of thing, and. Um, we'll see where we go from there but it's yeah it's it's a it's a real talking point let's put it that way I mean the fact that they've agreed a deal really does put the emphasis on this arbitration process and do you think that's where Mike Ashley and the potential other new owners um, are putting all their they're putting all their eggs in one basket you know their focus is now this arbitration and um, if that's a positive outcome then hopefully there'll be a positive outcome with the takeover well with the arbitration thing the Premier League are saying that the PIF Manda Stavely Ruben Brothers had the opportunity to take this to arbitration the deal got withdrawn at that at that stage so until they return to the table go through the process again and say yeah okay we'll take the arbitration and we'll, we'll see what happens from there until they return um it's going nowhere really is it so it's it's one of them where it's good to see the people who are who have been bidden in the past showing some support to the consortium supporters who have um you know got a legal guy on board and they're not going through the, the the process if you like um and it's good to see them doing that but i would personally i would like to say if if, if they are serious then let's let's get back around the table and um you know make the premier make the premier league make a decision that that's the best way of putting it mm, definitely and just just finally on this news uh, plenty of reports in that newcastle were the only side to reject the deal obviously the premier league clubs um they have a have a you know a chance to vote on these sort of deals and it went 19 to 1 with newcastle the only side to uh, allegedly reject the deal which just shows you that Newcastle United have firmly kind of put their flag in the ground. I mean, they're not happy with the Premier League at all, are they? No, that's uh, that's an ongoing situation as well. They've got their own legal battle going on with the Premier League, which could take a long time. Um, says a lot about the rest of the Premier League. You know, they obviously didn't want this deal to happen. The majority of them. Um, no, there's been a lot of talk of the big six. I mean, let, let's be honest. If this deal had gone through, you're talking about a, a Newcastle United unrecognisable to what we've had under Mike Ashley. We're talking, you know, bigger than Man City. We're talking almost. We're talking bigger than Liverpool in terms of recruitment, investment, and being able to really push the global brand. And... You know, I, I sometimes sit here and wonder why Newcastle United doesn't have a new owner, because once this at the minute it's hard to judge because there's no supporters there, but when there's fifty odd thousand fans in there, there's there's no better passionate place to be in football. Opposing teams say that they know it on the day Newcastle Newcastle can give anybody a game at St James's Park in front of a full house. That's how it is at the minute. If someone come in with a huge investment and started, you know, buying the big name players, 
you know, really maximising the potential. They, they could they could go anywhere. It was interesting the other week talking to Shaka Hislop, and he said when Newcastle, you know, lost the title in 996, I'm going on about 996 again here, but never mind, um, that that should have been the start of investment. They should have really pushed on, signed, you know, we did, yes, they did sign Alan Shearer, but they, they should have just gone on more and more and more and challenged for the title for a good four or five years. And that's where Newcastle should be challenging at the top. Not winning, but at least challenging at the top. And that's that's what people want to see. They want to see that ambition. And, of course, it, it's fair for fans to, to want that because they just want to see um, a club that has a desire to do more than just make up the numbers, um, which at the moment it, it seems like, you know, obviously relegation, uh, surviving relegation is the priority. You mentioned fans there, obviously today it's been announced that the North East will remain in tier three of the coronavirus restrictions. You know, it's devastating for Newcastle United fans, but for all fans in the North East, um, because they want to get back in, even though it'll just be 2000, it will, would make a difference. You know, the fans are, want to get back into there to see their club play. Um, I mean, you, you've been at the home games and it's been empty. It's it's just not the same, is it? No, it's uh, it's very strange. And and last night, to be fair, last night, even with 300 people on the ground, there was a bit of an atmosphere because the, the people in the boardroom at Leeds, um, who, they, you know, we talk about sort of ambition and, you know, building the club and trying to take it forward they they were very vocal they were cheering on every goal um, you know and you looked across and Newcastle just down in the dumps at the moment after that defeat so yeah it was good to, to sample that little bit of atmosphere again but it looks like we're going to have a, a longer wait now tier 3 again and um, you know since February we've not experienced that 50,000 sort of crowd turn up at St James Park and it's everything that goes with it isn't it it's going to the going into town people going to the to their favourite pubs before the game meeting the friends it's it's a whole lifestyle thing that's just been ripped away in the last 10 months and uh, you just you can't wait for it to be back even a even a couple of thousand fans would would help I mean you look at the Liverpool game last night and there was a bit of an atmosphere there um, with, with just 2,000 in there and I'm quite sure that Newcastle United fans would be very similar if they were allowed to, to get back in the ground Alright and thinking that next week against Brentford will be the first time that you yourself covering you know during this period will be in a stadium with fans because they'll, they'll, they'll be allowed 2,000 fans at Brentford won't they? I, I will have to check the, oh, the team the tears up there. I, th- I think London went in. Oh, London's gone in, of course. That's me. Yeah, not so, <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah, I was hoping that that was going to be the case, but uh, it now looks like it's going to be another no one behind closed doors. In this situation, that might be an advantage to Newcastle. So, mm. and ho- hopefully they can they can get a win. Maybe last night, as bad as it was, could be you know a positive in that they have to get a result now against Fulham. And they go into the game against Brentford um, on a high. Had Newcastle won last night, could you really see them doing something they've never really done under Steve Bruce, winning five games in a row? Hard, hard, hard to say. They seem to win a game, um, 
then get badly beaten and then respond. So hopefully the response is in the post. Fingers crossed. And we'll talk about that Leeds game now. Obviously, we we got your instant reaction from Ellen Road last night before you, you spoke to Steve Bruce. Um, what did you make of Steve Bruce's quote? You know, he was talking about kind of being careless and, and the mistakes that were made. And you, I think he, he called it schoolboy stuff, the defending. Um, what did you make of his quotes? Because it, we, it's not the first time we've kind of heard that. We heard it against Southampton as well. Um, so from that Southampton game to last night when similar mistakes were being made, players dilly-dallying on the ball, what, is that down to the manager and the training during the week? They've got to kind of get that out with the players or is that just individual errors costing the team? Well, I think it's it's got to be a collective thing, really. Um Players do have a lot of power to to do things on the pitch. Don't don't make they're not listening to everything that's being said on the sideline. And that doesn't matter if you're Newcastle could be Liverpool, Man City. Players have their own um way of dealing with things on the pitch and, and know when to kind of go for a game or shut up shop. Last night, Newcastle at two two decided to really go for it and Sadly, they were caught cold, and it's almost like the short blanket situation that Rafa Benitez spoke about many, many times. The way Newcastle are set up, the players they have, they can either do one thing, they can either defend once they've got a lead or the level, or um, you know they can go forward, but only you know once they've got a good lead under the belt and the team's thrown the towel. And with the game as open as it was last night. I, I did listen with interest to Ryan Fraser's interview and he, he used the word naivety and said that at 2-2, maybe you just have to take the point and maybe, if we're being honest, Newcastle probably should have taken the point because then seven points out of nine wouldn't be so bad going into Fulham. As it stands, they're going in the back with a bit of a hiding and the goal difference has taken another dent. So one of, it's one of them situations where Look, it was painful last night. I hope the players are hurting as much as the fans are today. I really do. And, you know, like it, it affects me, it affects you. You know, the fans just down in the dumps was stuck in tier three and, you know, you get hammered off. You know, as much as we all were looking forward to taking on Leeds again, you've lost to get almost a derby game 5-2. It's, it's, uh, it's really disappointing. So hopefully they can respond and repay the supporters back. Do you think the impact will be worse because of how many goals they conceded? You know, five, obviously, it's the first time they've conceded five against a newly promoted side since 1958, if um, I think you mentioned that in in, in your story earlier this morning. Um, is the scoreline, is it, is it worse because of how many goals they've conceded as opposed to losing 3-2, do you think? Yeah, just... Just uh, doesn't look good, does it? And as I say, the goal difference has taken a bit of a bit of a tonkin. And um, that was one thing Rafa Benitez always used to try and do was manage the goal difference because he knows that it's going to be worth an extra point at the end of the season potentially. If you, you don't want to get relegated on on goal difference, you don't want to miss out on a top ten on goal difference. I think when they finished tenth, it actually was on goal difference, wasn't it? So yeah, it's. Uh, it's not good all round, but I, I think the way the game was going, probably a point would have been a great result. 
when you consider how many shots Leeds had. Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was 25, which was quite a lot. Um, one of the things that stood out for me, and I don't know about yourself, but the, the game seemed to bypass the midfield at times. And it's not the first time that people have kind of looked at the midfield and gone, well, probably should strengthen there in January. Did you feel the same? Do you think, looking at what happened last night, they do need to, to go into the market in January and, and maybe buy a, just an enforceful midfielder who can maybe take control of a game? Well, I think that there's an argument to be hard, but the midfield was was excellent against West Brom in terms of, of holding John Joe Shelby holding the ball, dictating the play, and Sean Longstaff seemed to enjoy playing him. But another factor that disappeared last night was Isaac Hayden was a centre half against West Brom, and sometimes midfielders enjoy having a a, a more ball playing centre back behind them. And I think they have that with with uh, Isaac Hayden. Played some great balls out. And last night, Fernandez coming back in as much as he is popular with, with some fans. He does the safety first. You know, he'll put it out for a throw in. And then when that happens, you're still under pressure. Suddenly, you're not on the front foot. So it's one of them where I think you can't just blame the midfield. I think from Sean Longstaff's point of view, he'll he'll be hurting today which is which is a positive in a way because it means that he, he, he can come back and deliver another decent display which he has done in, in recent weeks um, I, I felt for him a little bit last night because after the third goal I think he went he t- tried to make amends a little bit too much and you know sadly you know that started a, another attack so disappointing but when you're playing against such a well organised team like Leeds who you know, we were sat in the stand and Bielsa had at least 10 staff in the stand feeding information down the dugout. Every little move Newcastle made, every tweak of position, it was all getting fed back. And it was quite remarkable to, to see that. And they haven't actually won a lot of games, so it hasn't done them too much good in recent times. But to have that live information getting fed down and being able to change you sometimes you can't compete with that it's 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 phenomenal really but Newcastle themselves will talk about the VAR penalty and they had numerous other chances but really Leeds were Leeds were on top the possession was 70-30 says it all really Steve Bruce said they were comfortable within up to 75 minutes and obviously the goals came Scoreline wise, yeah, definitely. You know, it was it was two two. But as you mentioned, there the possession. I mean, they were getting battered by Leeds at that point. You know, crossing wise, and yes, they had the penalty. But do you did you think Newcastle were comfortable in terms of? I mean, Steve Bruce said it could have gone our way, which it could have done. But is he looking more at the scoreline there and thinking hopeful rather than maybe looking at the performance? Or what what do you think? Well, I think it would have been a big fifth big 15 minutes to hang on that long for something that was well, you know they'd been threatened throughout the whole game well, even when Newcastle went 1-0 up they were getting overrun Carl Dollar, Dollar keeping them in the game I said last night when we'd done the live from down at Ellen Road that um, a couple of games sprang to mind Tottenham when it you know could have been 5-0 at half time Wolves could have been a heavy defeat there's probably a couple of other Newport County in the League Cup. They mm. were they were all over Newcastle until 
John Joe Shelby decided to get the game by the scruff of the neck and then then squeeze through on penalties. So there's been plenty of examples of Newcastle being lucky this season and, and last night. Um, that, that, to be totally honest, they've, they've probably used most of the luck for the season. And you look at some of the VAR decisions, you know, against Man United, a goal got taken away, um, even though they lost 4-1. That was an opportunity for them to, to respond. The penalty at Tottenham, 98 minutes. Never seen penalties given for that in my life. They got one, they got a point, they got lucky. So they need to stop relying on luck. Let's that, see them, you know, get a game by the scruff of the neck. Go a couple of goals up and then you can sit back and start defending and, you know, see a game out that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you mentioned there, Sean Longstaff, just briefly on him. You know, he, there's some grief for him on... On, on social media about the way he performed, but it's got to be remembered he's a young lad. He's you know he is he's playing for Newcastle United, and the most important thing is is that he'll learn from last night and hopefully, like you said, come back stronger. Yeah, well, you know you can't. When it comes to social media, you've got to remember that you know there's some some very negative people on it. Some people, some people are football fans on there. Some people are just using using it as a vehicle and using football as an excuse to post abuse to people. And Sean Longstaff's been the victim of it. You know, we've all, we've all had it. Um, you know, journalists have had it. The TV broadcasters get it, and footballers get it. And they they get, they probably get it worse than worse than anybody. So the last thing someone like Sean Longstaff will be doing will be taking much notes to that some of it some of the criticism as with anything as with people on social media that you know have a go at myself other journalists some of it will be accurate but some of it will be absolutely obscene so you can't just sit and read every comment because if you did then that would impact on your own mental health so as far as John Longstaff's concerned I know he I know him he'll go back to the training ground he work on things. He did that after Southampton. He made a mistake. You've just mentioned there. He's a young guy still. Um, you know, he's got he's, he's playing for his future at Newcastle United. He what he wants a new contract. He made a mistake against Southampton. He bounced back with a, two or three good performances. That's part of development as a player. You know, making mistakes, you learn from them, and ultimately, you become a become a better player. For every player, every player who has a, a good career at the top level makes mistakes moving on to Fulham then um, again Newcastle really ought to be winning um, yes they drew against Liverpool they drew against Brighton in the last two but you know, they've only won one in six do you foresee any changes that Steve Bruce might make obviously we'll get uh, like an update at the press conference ahead of that game of any injuries or any players returning from possible Covid but based on what you saw against Leeds do you think formation change personnel change or do you think he might even start with the same starting 11 and just you know put a rock up the backsides I mean it was 4-4-1-1 last night um, to a degree so that was specified for Leeds United will he go similar I, don't, I, mean, I certainly don't see him playing five at the back I'd be astonished if he did that so I think it'll be a flat back four at least and then whatever way he decides to to shape up in midfield. Is it a game where Dwight Gale comes back into it? Um, Joe Linton was disappointing last night. I thought he'd turn the corner with a great game against 
West Brom and getting the goal at Palace. Um, I'm sure, again, he's another young player. He's a similar age to, to Sean Longstaff. So we'll see what happens um, on that score. And then obviously there's the, the Andy Carroll factor. He, he didn't look a happy happy guy last night sitting in the stands when he, when he didn't come on. He obviously feels he's ready to, to contribute to the team and he's hungry to get to get back out there. So we'll have to wait and see. There's, there's certainly plenty of options. Hmm. How important is the game against Fulham? Is it a must for three points? I mean, Newcastle surely have to be beaten, have to be beaten Fulham. Well, they do, but we know it's not as easy as that. But um, at the end of the day, they've got Liverpool and Man City over Christmas. So how many points are they going to get out of those two? I know Man City on in, in great shape at the minute. They're not having a great season. Um, but, you know, it's going to be tough. So they need to be they need to be following, there's no doubt about it. They they have to be following if they if they want to make life comfortable for themselves, they need three points. They need to get on to twenty points. If they do that by the turn of the year, then you know the the sort of counting down to what they need to just to secure their place in the in the division. And uh, if they beat Fulham and, and they get anything out of the Liverpool game or the Man City game apart from a hammering, then they've done well. Do you think the fact that Brentford's on the horizon, the League Cup, that that's going to maybe spark a few players into saying, well, do you know what, I want to be part of that game. I want to be part of the starting eleven that get Newcastle to a semi-final. And that might, you know, kickstart a few of them on Saturday and putting in a, you know, a really good performance and saying to Steve Bruce, I deserve to be in this side come, come as it is a Tuesday, I think it is, yeah? Yeah, middle of the week next week. So it's uh, four. Look, there'll be plenty of them not on the door playing that one um, I did did wonder whether you know that might be a game for Matty Longstaff to come back in hasn't played for a while a lot of people last night actually around the press area were, were saying, what's going on with Matty Longstaff he hasn't he's, he's played 29 minutes this season he stayed at Newcastle United because they said they were going to give him a game plan because the, what he had on the table from Udinese and a couple of other teams was you're going to play every week. He's played 29 minutes. It's December. It's it's really baffling what is going on with Matty Longstaff. He's fit. He's available to play. And, you know, we've seen he, he does make a difference. So he would have thought he'd have got a lot more of an opportunity than 29 minutes. Um, and I know he's had injury problems, but he's back now. So maybe that's the perfect game to put him in the middle of the park and just create some spark against Brentford. And just finally, a word on Scott Park, obviously, coming back to St. James Park, manager of Fulham. One of those players, I don't know about you, but he was when, I, when he was here, I, I kind of look back and think he was maybe underrated, a bit like James Milner. He didn't really realise how good of a player he was until maybe he'd gone elsewhere and, and, and progressed a little bit. Look, I think Scott Park, when he was at Newcastle, he, he gave absolutely everything for the cause. Um, I can't. It might have been the Arsenal. They beat Arsenal one 0 when Nobby Slano scored, and I'm sure that was a game where Scott Parker actually ran around so much that he actually basically fainted at the end near the end of the game and had to be taken off. I think so. He was one of these players that just used to put his body on the line, a real workaholic, and I'm not surprised to see him as a manager. Um, I think he left Newcastle. He was actually getting frustrated about ambition before Mike Ashley came in 
that's why he left because he was he, he wanted them to kick on a bit and he ended up leaving the club and he had two seasons but he was you know switched on guy did the media very well when he was at Newcastle captain of course Glenn wrote a hand on the captaincy after Shearer retired so a good guy and I'm sure he'll want to do well at St James Park no doubt. Give me your score prediction then, Lee. How do you see it going on Saturday? Now you're asking. Um, yeah. Look, I think it'll be harder than people than people make out. You know, the, the are bottom. But I think Newcastle can win it still. They need to dust themselves down. But I, th- I think it'll be a, a tougher game than people think. I think Newcastle win 2-1. Fingers crossed. I was just checking whether Mitro was fit. He was back on the bench last night for Fulham. He's been out with a knock. It would be written in the stars that if Newcastle were to lose, Mitro would would grab a goal a goal or two, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's it's certainly a threat. But you know, Newcastle should know how to deal with him. Um, there's still a lot of people around the club who were there when when he was there. Um, I th- it ended nil nil, didn't it? Like, no, two seasons ago was nil nil, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, one of the worst games I've (laughs) ever had the privilege of seeing and Mitrow didn't really threaten that day so yeah um, hopefully it's a better game than the nil-nil we just spoke about Mm, that was the infamous uh, it'll take a miracle to stay up Rafa Benitez quote so yeah I think that'll stick in the mind for for some players anyway um, Lee thanks for joining us if you head over to chroniclelive.co.uk you can keep up to date with all the latest Newcastle United news including and more the reaction from yesterday and all the build-up to uh, Saturday's game as well. Just a quick plea to ask you guys to like and to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review if you've got two minutes to do so. It really does mean a lot and helps us out. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk.